Hi, this is Joseph, the host and creator of Sci-Fi Graveyard, as hosted by The Heart of Geek. Is there a topic that you love to talk about? Would you love to share that topic with millions of listeners around the globe? If so, then you're almost there to starting your own podcast. The only thing you need is Anchor.fm. With Anchor.fm, you can record, edit, and publish your own podcast to the Anchor site and to popular podcasting sites around the world. So what are you waiting for? If you'd like to get started, all you need to do is head to the Play Store on Android or the App Store if you have an iPhone. Start the download and get recording today. Thank you for listening to Sci-Fi Graveyard and on to the podcast. Welcome to Sci-Fi Graveyard. Today we're going to be discussing the 1988 sci-fi movie Space Mutiny. Uh, the movie synopsis, according to IMDb, is a, plot, a pilot is the only hope to stop the mutiny of a spacecraft by its security crew, who plot to sell the crew into and the crew of the ship into safety. I can't read. But uh, the movie stars Red Brown as David Ryder, John Philip Law as Elijah Calgan, James Ryan as the chief engineer McPherson. Uh, Cameron Mitchell as the commander, Alex Jansen. Sissy, I'm probably mispronouncing that, Cameron as Leah Jansen. And Graham Clark as Scott Devers. That would be the guy that looks like Sting. Um, McPherson is the engineer with the uh, cane. And a, Leah Jansen is the grandma daughter, which is what she was referred to as by the crew, the crew of the Satellite of Love. Uh, this movie was, was credited to David Winters who is actually a Hollywood choreographer. He, um, one of the things that he choreographed was the much loved, and I use that term very, very loosely, uh, Star Wars Holiday Special. So, but he actually, had, he actually had to leave the filming due to uh, some family issues. I believe it was a death in the family. And then the movie was finished by Neil Sundstrom. And then it was released in August of 1988. So I do have like a bunch of trivia here for Space Mutiny before we talk about how we feel about the movie, just to give some listeners who haven't seen the movie some interesting tidbit. Uh, the biggest, the biggest tidbit is that Sissy Cameron, the and Red Brown, married life. They've been married since I believe it was 1979, and they're still married to this day. Um, all the space footage you see in this movie was. Uh, the stock footage from the original Battlestar Galactica. And as if you couldn't tell, the movie was filmed in a factory warehouse. Uh, the cinematographer, Vincent Cox, used color filters to give the sunlight an orange-red look. And then he also asked the director insert, to insert a line to explain that the windows were actually part of the ship, which is called the Southern Sun, its engines and, and or the reactor. However, the film processing lab corrected the sunlight back to its original color, thus why you can see that it's windows and daylight outside. Uh, the replacement director, Neil Sundstrom, actually never ended up adding any dialogue to explain it. Uh, this, this is a very popular episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000. This is how I found out about this movie, watching it on the Sci-Fi channel, and then later on in repeats and stuff like that. This was also featured as a Rift Tracks live event. So this film has been riffed twice by Michael Nelson, Kevin Murphy, and Bill Corbett. Uh, once as Tom Servo, Croti, Robot, and Mike, and again as themselves. 
let's see here. Uh, David Ryder during the Mystery Science Theater 3000 run was given like a handful of nicknames. And I'm sure, Stephen, you know some of these. Uh, but he was called Slab Bulkhead, Bridge L Large Meat, Punt Speed Chunk, Bridge <laughs> Deadlift, Hold Big Flat, Splint Chest Hair, Splint Chest Hair. I yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, they're great. Like they're great. Oh my gosh. Uh Flint Iron Stag, Bolt Vanderhuge, Thick McRunfast, Last Hard Cheese, which is a good one. Um Buff Drink Lots, Crunch Slam Chest, and yes, I am gonna go through all these. Uh Fist Rockbone. Yeah, all forty six of them. Oh yeah, there's a lot. They gave him a uh, different nickname every time he was on I'm screen. They did. Uh, stump beef beef knob, smash lamp lamp jaw, punch rock groin, buck plank chest, strump junk men, dirk hard peck, rip steak face, slate slab rock. Rick rip steak face is like my favorite one because it makes <laughs> absolutely no sense. It, it makes no sense. Uh, crud crud bone meal, brick hard meat. Rip slag cheek, punch side iron, gristle McThorn body, <laughs> slate fist crunch, buff hard back. Twenty minutes when we're done with the list. Yeah. Oh, we're we're padding for time. Uh, my favorite is actually Bob Johnson uh, because they're laying, they're naming off a bunch of these, and then Tom Servo goes Bob Johnson. Oh wait. <laughs> And then, and then they continue. Uh, blast thick neck, crunch butt steak, slab crunch squat thrust, <laughs> lump beef broth, touch rust rod, beef blast body, big McLarge huge, which is another favorite of mine. Dude, Smoke man muscle. All the time. I do too. <laughs> uh, beat punch meat, hack blow fist, and roll fizzle beef. And those are the names of David Ryder. And that took two uh, full minutes. It did. It did. <laughs> but they were so funny. Um, if you don't watch this movie, Unrift, which we watched the Unrift version, you got to watch the Mystery Science Theater. Um, in, the, in the episode for Mystery Science Theater, they actually do not call attention to the Battlestar Galactica footage because it's, it's blatantly obvious. And then in the Rift Tracks Live, they actually they go. We know it's Battlestar Galactica, and so like they they like acknowledge it finally for the crowd. Um, another funny tidbit is that the actor John Philip Law, who played Elijah Calgan, he actually was the main character in the 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 final episode of the original run of Mystery Science Theater three thousand uh, that aired on Sci Fi. the The movie was called Diabolic or Diabolic Diabolic. And he was the main character. So he has the distinct pleasure of being in the last episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000. And so that's pretty much some of the trivia. I got most of my trivia from the, the IMDb, of course. I also got some trivia from the tvtropes.com website. And I did read the Mystery Science Theater wiki, but I don't remember if I pulled anything from there. So if there's something double listed, then that's where you can find it. I also, um, I, I did. I got the the names of David Ryder actually off Reddit, 
So um, I did. I just did a Google shirts. I thought they were actually listed on one of the trivia pages I already had, but they weren't. So I did an extra search for that. So another thing, but a thing, if you look at the IMDb, David Ryder's name is spelled with a Y. But if you look on the screen when he's like showing his identification card that they stick into the computer, um, it's, with an <laughs> that, I, yeah. it's with an I, yeah. It's, it's two different spellings. Um, another thing of trivia is Sissy Cameron, who played Leah Jansen, was actually oh, yes. only in her thir- early, mid, mid to early 30s when she made this movie. And she looks a lot older because of how they did her hair and makeup. But she was actually like one of the youngest people in the movie. Uh, David Ryder, uh, Red Brown, was easily 40 years old at this point. He was born in uh, 48, I believe, and she was born in 54. And then, of course, you know, cameraman Mitchell, who played Commander Santa Claus, is one of the older ones. And and I do have one more bit of trivia, and I do apologize. Um, James Ryan, who played McPherson, the, the handicapped engineer, he was actually an accomplished dancer. So it's funny that he was this accomplished so, dancer and he's so when he, and so the he, when he was on fire, he should have started doing some dance moves. Maybe, maybe. But but hopefully no one eats lunch in their gas expulsion sub because as you can see, that's very hazardous to your health. So um, does anyone want to start with their first impressions of this movie? I think we're just mostly going to talk and make fun of how cheesy this movie is, as opposed to first and final thoughts. <laughs> I still love this film. Uh, but does anyone else want to start? Well, I was just going to say, like, from a purely, like, only saw it first on MST3K, like, of course you know it's going to be bad. Like, so bad that it's just bad but honestly like after watching it even by itself it's just like one of those so cheesy that it's amazing in just like how everything lined up to be completely insane like it starts out with a premise that makes you go oh this is gonna be neat and then it just goes off the rails like immediately and just takes you for a ride that by the end of it you're like wait what is what huh oh you mean like every time they would shoot lasers the color would change yeah every theme (laughs) yeah every single scene was like different color was it like green blue and red at different points of the movie and the super scope would have like different properties for whenever they were shooting people yeah, if it, if it shot the, a person the, directly, it would set them on fire. If it shot behind them, it would create a big explosion that threw them off of railings. It was just like, could, okay, I guess. Are what you talking? You're they, talking about PVC pipe? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the PVC pipe because they couldn't afford a super scope six. They didn't exist. It was 1988, 1987 when they probably shot the film. Yeah, and super scope was like 92. <laughs> yeah, I love this movie like i don't have any pre-notions going into it because it was just another episode of mystery science theater 3000 for me and being a fan of that show i i love this movie like um i watched the unriff and i still play the riffs just pop in my head like like in in all the different scenes like when they killed off uh lieutenant lamont uh the girl with the frizzy hair and then she shows up in the next scene still at her post on the bridge and the, the riff is like, I'd like to thank you for giving that dead woman a second chance. It's just like I love I love this movie. Um 
even the unriffed version, it's still watchable because it's so bad it's good. This is this is something you would easily see on like um, one of the, uh, just like I said, it's so like a YouTuber that's talking about so bad it's good. Uh, this is definitely a so bad it's good movie. I freaking love this film. Um, it's so bad. There's no continuity. You have the one enforcer who like starts questioning Calgan, but he's he's also just blindly following him too. After he questions everything, it's like it makes no sense. He's the guy that looks like Ray Liotta, and he's like, "What am I doing?" And he still just goes along with it like it's a daily thing. It's like I, laser dentistry work. Yeah, it's the, like how do you um, go to dentistry, dude. Like. It's been like a thousand you insulted years since dentists existed. You have a giant laser, and you're like, it's like ancient dental tools. What? It's like, how do you how do you know what ancient dental tools are? Um, it's the laser that whirs like a drill. And I think you pointed this out when we were watching it, Steve, and you're like, it pours out like a soda. Yeah. Or like it, fluid. Like it, it comes down like a fluid. Go out. It's like <laughs> touches her teeth. It pulls then, out slowly. And then she's like, ow, ow. And then when it's done. No issues with her teeth. No. How? He, no. <laughs> what? Uh, and the uniforms. Uh, there were like those uniform- million of them. Yeah. <laughs> they, and the only thing they- that differentiates both of them is just the colors on their uniform. The Southern Sun um, uniforms, the ones that the engineers wore, were like, none of them looked like they fit the actors. Yeah. They were like, oh, 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 too big. And then the enforcer, I mean, I get the enforcers having their own uniforms. That makes sense. But they should have had paintball guns with their outfits, though. With the fucking uh, paintball masks that they were wearing. <laughs> yeah, some of them had paintball masks. Some of them just had the the uh, the overall. The, the ski- and I'm like, okay, like, what's the difference between that? And like, you couldn't tell the difference, but yes, Calgan is like the leader of them, but nothing differentiated his outfit from the rest of the enforcers. And then there's that one dude the, who beat the crap out of the one dude, and he's in like hockey pads or something. It's like, what? Uh, the the one with the red. <laughs> well, then the, the, red the guy that looked chest. like he was from ancient Greece or some shit with the red. I, yeah, that's who oh, he's yeah. talking about. He's talking like he had like hockey pants and lobster boy or some junk, and I'm like, yeah, he what? he's like the only one in a different costume, and everyone else is like in the jumpsuit, and then there's like no regulations for the hairstyle. So you got the dude that had like the Ed Grimley look with the mohawk. You have the guy with the. The, the the guys that with the mullets and stuff like that, and then the one got the super long hair. Then you but, have, then you have the leader of everything, or as I like to call him, Shiny Dumbledore, like that was like in these big <laughs> flowing robes, and it's like, okay, why? And like, then they had the minority uh, <laughs> minority report, like people. I had no idea why they were in the movie. Oh, yeah, the like, weird the, Valyrian magic people? Yeah, yeah. like, they didn't like, do anything for the movie. magic. Like, yeah, they're like, like, hey, uh, we got this stuff going on, and then at one point... Yeah, they were, they were called the Balerians with a B, as in boy. The Balerians were added after the movie was done because the movie running time was running short. I think to be considered a movie, it has to run for a certain length, and so the movie is actually just right at an hour and a half. 
uh, give or take a few minutes. And so they added them as a subplot, but it didn't go anywhere. Yeah. All they did was like dance sexually in front of those little 80s um, balls that shoot well, energy and patches to your finger that you'd see yeah, at Spencer. Gifts. That's why I thought it was the funny was that they were like, the whole point of it was it seemed like they knew what the story was happening, like how it was going. And then, and then all of a sudden it just ends without them in there. I'm like, Hell, the and then, they showed up like right at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, and it's like oh, and then right well, before everything goes to crap, they just magically show it up, and then it's like ooh, magic. Well, and not, then every once in a while, they do something. Not only that, and it has nothing to do with anything else. They could uh, communicate in the mind, but they only did it to the one guy. Like yeah, they did it to, yeah, to Dumbledore. Grandpa the rest Santa. of the yeah. time, they. And, they just danced or, in front of those two guys and made them collapse for no reason. Yeah, and it was like the uh, hey, we're powerful. She's like, I speak. They speak the truth, or they think it really loudly. <laughs> um, that's that was a riff, and it's it actually makes so much sense for this movie. They think the truth really loudly yeah. uh, because they never talked. And then, like the leader of the Balerians looks like Courtney Love. So, yeah. and then maybe. maybe informed hole after this and then when they're like talking with shiny dumbledore and she's like "Ooh," puts her hands on him and then puts red stuff into his chest and then the next scene he's like oh i have new information yeah what what you just said sounds like the plan you were already going to come out with beforehand you're just now having shiny red crap in your chest for no apparent reason (laughs) that glitter though he um I I can't think about this movie, and I still have a hard time not, not linking it to the Mystery Science Theater three up Mister Mystery Science Theater episode. But it's just like he he's he's so ineffective as a commander, and he's called a commander, but yet he's in charge of the captain of the ship. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> so, only that's not how military works. The flight commander. and then he like makes Ryder the flight commander, and it's like, what are you flying? You're not flying. Anything. He's like, like, and you don't tell he's, anybody on the bridge to do anything. And, the, and so didn't they say that commander? nobody could escape at the beginning of it? I'm like nobody could escape because they can't do anything and they're grounded and this and that. Yeah, because the la- the landing bay is all jacked up because they crashed into it. Yeah, even though it didn't do it anything crashed. to the outside of the ship. And then when the pirates show no, up, it, they're magically able to like defeat the pirates, even though their ship is kind of wonky yeah this this is a generational ship the southern sun is a generational ship so people have lived and died on this ship for way what do they do with the bodies i guess i guess the main course of this this ship is uh soiling green. They do that, they do that's um, what they do they they so what josh they do that dentistry ancient yeah. dentistry to them and obliterate them what about the uh, the things then, they drove? The enforcers? I'm actually looking at one of the enforcers right now. Um, the little yeah. golf carts. Yeah, yeah the, the, the pipe enforcers. Yeah. The, they yeah. had to wear helmets to ride, but only went about two miles an hour. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> honestly, most of this fun. stuff that I saw in this movie reminded me of Austin Powers. <laughs> And I think that's where they kind of got the inspiration in that movie. The costumes. Yes, probably. The things that they were driving around. 
all kind of fit the time of this movie. And well, this movie, like being made in the eighties, like the costume feels, does look like something you would see out of the sixties sci-fi genre, like the campy sixties, like Lost in Space. Um, I I don't want to say Star Trek because Star Trek actually had the their uniforms look more like uniforms. But like if you look at like the Lost in Space and the silver, the way everything looked like aluminum foil costumes for their spacesuits and stuff like that. I definitely see that in this movie, but this was a low budget movie, so yeah, who knows had, where they got the costumes. That's why they had radios that look were radios with the big antennas. I was like, how, yeah. how far are they in the future? They're using the same technology as now? Like, what's going on? Yeah, like, they, they probably shouldn't have used, like, DOS 5.0 as their um, operating assistant for the ship. Or regular yeah. phones connected <laughs> to the computers. You know. Yeah. The com- There's computers keyboards, you know? It must be the future. And it's like, what, how old is this ship? Like, I, I like how there's no backstory about how long they've been in space. And I'm like, why don't they just find a planet? Are they are they going somewhere specifically? Or are they just hanging out? To yeah, like, there is no world building in this movie. Like, it's just like, hey, they're yeah, on this no, ship. No Where are they going? Who knows? People are starting to get annoyed. That's why Calgan does his mutiny thing. This and sounds then, like, like, yeah, it sounds like, why wouldn't you be rooting for the other guy? Because the other guy's probably like... I just want to get off the ship, man. <laughs> I mean, aside from the fact that he wants to sell the crew into slavery to the to the pirates, that that sh- their ships are nothing like the Cylons uh, from Battlestar. But like, was he really so wrong to want to get off the ship? I mean, they've already they've already kind of like explained that they they encounter people of other planets. So why aren't they finding a planet? I'm sure the ship was designed to be converted into structures for a settlement. I mean, usually in sci-fi, that's how it works with the uh, generational ships. But, like, what was their end goal? Were they just going to, like, live in space for the rest of their lives? I'm going to hang out. I'm just going to be over here. Tend tend to their astroturf um, gardens. Yeah, I just think Which, there was zero world building, so it not, like nothing made sense. No, it was the, just like, this okay. movie reminded nothing. me of like, okay, if uh, Star Trek didn't have good writers in it, <laughs> like, and not nearly I'm, enough money, because like everything felt like either that or like what Star Wars could have like could have been if they didn't have a good anything in it. <laughs> if they didn't have a good anything. Uh like they I feel kind of bad for some of these actors. Now Red Brown's been in a lot of B movies. He was also in the made for TV movies for Captain America yeah. one and two. Oh so he, he played Captain America. Oh, I thought he looked Yeah, um he was Captain He was he was in like the, the seventies Captain America movies that were on TV. Um so they, they all kind of went and did like B stuff after this. Um, I think the biggest actor from this movie was actually Cameron Mitchell. Um, I think he did some more mainstream stuff back when he was younger. He was also in an episode of uh, Murder, She Wrote in the 80s, early 90s. Are you just looking at his IMDb page right now? No, I'm actually looking at the box for Space Mutiny on the DVD. It's not, it doesn't list any of that. 
I'm just holding it for reference. So I keep in the frame of mind of talking about the movie. He, um, no, I actually went through the entire series of murder. She wrote all 12 seat. Was it 12 seasons? Yeah. All 12 seasons of murder. She wrote. And I actually saw him in an episode. I was like, Oh my God, it's grandpa Santa from space mutiny. So I recognized him. So that's how I know that just from watching murder. She wrote. Cause I like murder. She wrote, <laughs> but, um, I, I actually really love this movie. It, nothing makes sense. Um, there's plot points that they hint at, but they go nowhere. Like, pretty much all of them. And even when they're like, of course in time we'll inform the crew of Calgan and his men. Well, why are you having a party? Why aren't you stopping Calgan? Yeah, because it's like they were trying to do it where they were trying to blame Ryder for killing the other people. Like, the people at the beginning that were trying to spoil the plot. And then it just didn't go nowhere. Like, they were just, like, fighting against each other for the rest of the time. Like, right? it wasn't, like, Ryder going again. Like, you know, like, in stereotypical tropes where it's like, oh, yeah, they said that it was this guy. And then it wasn't. So then he's trying to go back and, you know, like, it's so ridiculous. It's like they then- tried to set up something and then they just kept fucking it up throughout the whole movie. Yeah, and then like in like what like I think after like twenty minutes into the movie, it talks about like how weeks have gone by since the last time Calgan and his men have done anything. So it's like okay, like this this whole movie feels like it was it happened in like the same day, and yet there are parts where it, it, it does. Like, apparently weeks have gone by and it's like okay now you're throwing a party because he's the new fleet commander yeah and they could have just been like and it's two like, weeks later what the hell is going on like what are we doing there's like i there's like no continuity in this film as far as that goes like when they they meet like the guy who sounds like roddy mcdowell in the the creepy the, the guy, guy you'd meet in the crypt like at a graveyard who this movie at all in the yeah the old guy who's like freeze place yeah yeah the deep the guy with the deep freeze apparently calgan like cryogenically freezes people that may yeah. be of use to him in the and future like, so, like, like, how do you know what tea is like <laughs> where do you grow this stuff for your tea? I mean, what, what? Everything is astroturf. How are you growing tea leaves? What is going on? For first off, in the future, yeah, the, the, uh, you the have space like a version of gardens like, is that astroturf. Be tea. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, they they talk about would you like some tea, but yet the only time they show like the gardens, it's obviously fake grass. And probably some fake plants, but like, uh, and it's and it's surrounded by pipes and stuff that you would see in the, which is where they filmed the movie. I think I like the futuristic guns the best because they were obviously handguns painted silver and Uzis painted silver with. Let's act added because it's Dude, the future. Everyone, in, in yeah, they look like movie, It Park. felt like straight out of like stormtroopers. Like uh, they were trained by stormtroopers, because even the main guy was missing shots like constantly. Like, like <laughs> they were doing that whole scene where like they, uh, the disabled dude like was trying to shoot Ryder down the stairs. 
He doesn't shoot him down the stairs when it's taking him the longest time to go down the stairs. He waits until the run to, like, whatever object he was getting to block himself at, where there was, like, five shots that happened, but no shooting down the stairs. It was just right as soon as he hit to the concrete to, like, whatever the thing was. There were even guys that were, like, up on an upper level shooting straight ahead and somehow the laser coming out of their gun shot at a 45-degree angle downward toward the person they were shooting at. What? How is this happening? The, must have been, must have been all the, uh, must have been because of all the uh, lasers, or not the lasers, the barrels it's they the glued to the guns. <laughs> they just, <laughs> that too, down. yeah. It just pulls it down. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, the the bottom of the ship was a boiler room and a warehouse, so maybe the ship was just really heavy, and so it just pulled everything down with it. I I still it's love just this movie. So, this movie so bad, just so bad. It was all right in the sense. beginning, but it, it's like you could tell like right away. Once, once it started getting deeper into the story, and then you saw the cracks forming up, where they yeah. were just like with the plot holes and everything else in the this story, like, you're like, "Up! Oh, I already know what this, type of movie this, this is going to be." <laughs> this movie would be, um, this movie would be like amazing for the plot holes podcast. The except the only problem is, the is it would have to be a plot hole. Yeah. <laughs> It would be like a seven-hour podcast. So every, this, the podcast would have to be broken up into hour-long segments per plot hole, and then it would basically just be re. This would be this would be like just one of those YouTubers that take movies and rewrite them to make them better, and like this would definitely have to fall in that category. Uh, I love this movie though; <laughs> I really do. It's so bad. The riffs on it are so amazing. The riff tracks, which you all have to check out on rifftracks.com. You can buy them. You can buy the not, video not with ad, the movie and stuff like that. We like them. Not yeah. an ad. Hashtag not sponsored. This is just someone who really loves this movie that I have it as the as the MST3K. I have it from the riff tracks. And then I have it unriffed which I bought years ago because I was like, I have to see this. Someone posted, I think, on Facebook in a group I was in. And they're like, this movie is unriffed. It's on DVD. And so I had to go get it. And it was it was only seven bucks, like, back in the day. Probably I don't not. think it's if gone anything, up that much in price. Uh, <laughs> I, but um, it, this movie is amazing. <laughs> I say I say everyone easily see it once, whether you see it with the riff tracks or, or the MST treatment or just by itself. That you could just totally <laughs> make fun of it. Yeah. Watch it with a few beers. Watch it with your friends. Make make fun of it yourself because there's plenty of, because there's plenty of uh, and, and it will make you a laugh drinking so game on it too, <laughs> like if you want. Like every time somebody misses a laser shot, you take it. <laughs> Oh, you're gonna die of alcohol poisoning. Oh <laughs> no, we're not, kill, we're not trying to kill the people who are eventually gonna listen to this podcast. We're not trying to kill them. Because every time a laser shot missed or laser, we'll call it lasers. Every time they missed a laser shot, that, that the person would be dead or in like they would have what is it? <laughs> psoriasis right. of the liver or whatever. Cirrhosis. That's what it is. Skin thing. 
that's why I yeah. They would be dead. Times that they were like, especially in that last scene that they were doing, where everybody was getting shot up on the roofways, and like how many times they made them faceplant off the thing. Yeah, like. They weren't just like falling over the side or whatever. It looked like they were just full on just face planting. Well, yeah, they would face plant, but when they landed, they would be on their back. Yeah. Well, realistically, you would think that they would yeah, land well, like I mean, scorpion style, like on their neck and like flop over. Yeah, nobody wants to see that. And this <laughs> low budget movie, you'd tell it was a mannequin like splatting. But I can honestly Dude, say that would be so much part. better yeah, this if all movie... of a sudden you just saw a mannequin fly off the side. And then, you know, like... I mean, they probably could have gotten away with it. I mean, the movie is rated R. They could have shown a couple necks being cracked. part is when Ryder is... He goes through the door, and there's, like, a dude at the front of the door, and he pushes him into a dude behind him, and then grabs him again and throws him out the door over a railing and you just hear the guy like, Woo! It's <laughs> 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 like my favorite part. <laughs> the, the railing kills in this movie are insane. Like everybody's getting tossed yeah, over railings or falling or over anything. railings. Just, it was just them throwing, getting thrown over <laughs> the railing. Kill. But those cars that or whatever they're called, the pipe mobiles, whatever you guys call them, you know. Go carts. They took they're a lot of damage, but yet it exploded like crazy when it ran into each other at the end. Yeah, like they were and... running into each other for like 10 minutes, <laughs> and then they run into each other at a slightly different angle and explode. And somehow <laughs> that fucker survived it for the sequel. Yeah. yeah. Sequel the, expecting that it was going to be a sequel. <laughs> the, the sequel. Good lord. <laughs> I don't, well, some some directed video DVDs do good sequels because the, they sell really well. Joe's joke this, on there this, where he's like, it's the black and <laughs> Well, I can't take credit for that joke. They actually said that in Mystery Science Theater. Because <laughs> they're like, I, I don't like black and Calgon or whatever. I can't remember the actual line, but they call him black and Calgon. Like, <laughs> Sweet sour Calgon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's when like you keep the in the toaster for a bit too long. <laughs> <laughs> burnt cow. Nobody likes burnt Calgan. Uh, it's weird because his name is Calgan, but sometimes I feel like they called him Calgon oh, in did. some scenes and Calgan in others. Yeah, and, and then <laughs> it's like I like how they they're like, oh my god, they're on the bridge. We can't do anything. I'm like, what, why? Why can't you go to the bridge? Obviously, the bridge command crew is not taking any any and concern over what's happening in the, the basement of the, the ship. Bridge was <laughs> able to control where the ship was going or whatever, you know, like because Calgan wasn't even in the bridge the whole entire movie. He was like in where his thing was. No, no he was. Well, that's what that's he was what never on the it's main bridge, like the the actual bridge of the, the ship. The ship was the, going. Yeah, he wants the to only... go to the Corona Borealis. Okay, how That's is he going to get there? Problem. He didn't go to the bridge to, or have anybody infiltrate the bridge in order to change the navigation yeah. to go to the bridge. He could have been it. like, hey, What's I'm going to kill on? you like your plan unless, is you show, but, unless you turn it to this way. 
doesn't happen. But he just miraculously thinks, <laughs> hey, I blew up the the docking bay so nobody could get off the ship. So now we'll have to go somewhere. Yeah, for some reason. Doesn't have that happen at all. So, so for some reason, blowing up the docking winch and killing the professor who's only named once or twice and never mentioned again and doesn't have any importance to any rest of this movie, uh, the, the Dr. Spooner, like, but they, why do they alter course? They're like, oh, we got tricked into going to the Aurora Borealis. They're trying to drag us into yeah, the Aurora yeah, Borealis. But yet you go there else. anyway. Why? Don't go. <laughs> go anywhere but there. <laughs> Don't go. Why wouldn't you not, like, turn the ship around or something or yeah, and you whatever? Would have, like, why like, are some you... Some sort of jump, uh, jumping device. And that way the they could they go talk... faster to another place if they're like... Hey, there's pirates over there. Let's not go over there. Let's go and, over here. <laughs> and they talk about how, yeah, and they talk let's, about how let's go to the pirate space, intergalactic law or whatever. What? Like who? Which would imply? Which would which would imply for that or there's some sort of like, United Federation of Planets where, type of yeah, thing or coalition like of, of system. There obviously has to be other aliens in order to have intergalactic law, and and the and only other aliens, that aliens. And then there, yeah, the entire movie are the Valerians. That's it. Yeah. And and they're he and they're human. Except for the fact they all dress like Courtney Love. Yeah. They're. They're mystics who practice uh, space magic because let's face it, everything in this movie is space. It's just be space magic. magic space. Well, it and it's like space. anything so it's when it's in magic. space. It's you space just magic. Add space to it. Yep. Space dicks. Oh, I mean, what? Hey, you want to go out for some space tacos? <laughs> <laughs> They're just regular tacos. They're just in space. Yeah, I'm gonna get some uh, space tacos. Can I get like a space martini at that space bar? Where Leah comes and shakes her ass through a hula hoop, a space hula hoop with her space ass. And I don't know why that dancing scene was even in there, but it reminded me of Mass Effect for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, they dance all goofy in it. It Yeah, it just reminded me of that, like, the whole time. I was just like, what the fuck is this shit? I have no idea what this set has to do with even the movie. It's I don't like, even know why it's here, but it's three minutes long. <laughs> Ryder and the girl, like, it's like they barely spend any time for, with each other. They're like, I hate you, I hate you. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's cool. Oh, it's cool. Let's hang out. And then they're, they're, they're bang. And then they're, they're, no, they're, they're, they, they hate each other. They, they, they meet at the bar. And then all of a sudden they're like a team. And then they bang in the AstroTurf. Garden. <laughs> After his flight commander mm-hmm. yeah, pro- uh, promotion like to flight commander, it works. and it's like, what is go- like? And the dad's surprisingly yeah. cool with it because I guess even though like Riders, like, yeah, is the second most violent dude on the ship, he's totally cool with it, even though he doesn't like violence. What? What? <laughs> like- How is? 
Yeah, how is Ryder the only the only person on the ship aside from the security team yeah. that has military he's, training? He's, 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 he's the, the only, only one. Pilot, one man. Like... He, <laughs> it must be even I guess there was only two and that one died. So now there's one. <laughs> They're like, oh shit, we're fucked. And we got the beginning. one dude that can't even shoot anybody on the ship. I like the fact just that they throw have, them over the uh, over the ballast. They or have literally ten times as many enforcers to enforce the laws. I guess on the ship was what they were supposed to be doing before they mutinied. And then there's what two Viper pilots who, whose job yeah. is to protect the ship from anything. It's like what the ship protect the ship. <laughs> Because he's the only Viper. And then at the end of the movie, like, the Viper squadron's leaving. Well, where are the rest of these pilots? The only thing we saw were, like, engineer rejects, um, enforcers in their Mortal Kombat cosplay, and, like, <laughs> Kate Smoking Calgan and his uh, Crustacean Boy. Like Lobster Lad, Lad, or whatever. Lobster <laughs> Lad. <laughs> Because he, and that's it. Like, because they did say like Calgan had taken over all of the enforcers, so he probably recruited other people off the ship. You have to assume, you but let's not assume anything with this movie because, well, there's not. All, so you know, yeah, and and, you, and I would figure knowing that no, they did like saying all of them are on his team, and then the only reason why he was doing this was so he could get off planet. Obviously, that means that they didn't want that they didn't have anybody else to go talk to. So it was just like, "Hey, you, you want to join me? You want? Do you want to? <laughs> I'll kill you. I'll throw you over the uh, over the thing and make you almost sl- slam under your back if you don't uh, listen to me. But do you want when they?" When they killed the guy that was, they made the guy jump that was talking to uh, yeah. the flight lieutenant Lamont, the the dead girl who got her job back. Um, like, like she, like for one, he's talking to her on a monitor. Like he's supposed to be talking to her on a camera. How can he see her? There was no monitor on that communication. There was a camera, obviously. That was the little round thing, like, but that wasn't a screen. <laughs> Like it's just this piece of silver, <laughs> like whatever or and plastic. I love how basically, Calgan's <laughs> able to do all this stuff on the entire ship without any oversight, and yet when he gets uh, Shiny Dumbledore's daughter, he's able to get himself in a position where there is a camera talking directly to the people on the bridge and saying, "Hey, you got you have twelve hours, which is an arbitrary amount of time." in order to, like, do what I want you to do. Is that the only camera on the ship? Because he's been, like, everywhere. And nobody's been able to figure out where Calgan has been doing all of the stuff he's been doing. Like, what? Yeah, Yeah, it's not like they have a... They even mention the Enforcer Bridge, which is the name of the security force, the Enforcer Bridge, which they have a command center. And the, did they not think to go look in the command yeah, like, center for the commander of the enforcers? Once again, we're saying you have to watch this movie because it is so bad that it's amazing. But holy crap, is it like also 
pick it apart irritating. <laughs> yeah. There's there this this movie I, I love this movie, but there are so many plot holes, uh threads that don't go anywhere, things that don't so many questions that don't get answered. Like who decided that Dumble, shiny Dumbledore was going to be the commander of all the people on the ship? Why is he? How does a commander outrank a captain? Apparently, Captain Beaver is the captain of the ship because he's the one who seems to be in control of the bridge. But assuming, of course, because Grandpa Santa Dumbledore gives out some orders too. Barely. Barely, barely, barely gives out orders. But like they have like no real command structure. What's David Ryder's rank? I thought rank? he was just. Does he have pilot, a rank? Wasn't he? Because yeah, he's just, obviously no, he's part of the. Mid- they're like, oh yeah, he's the pilot. Well, he was in the military. He's a, but he's a you fighter know, pilot, so he would have a normal in a normal military structure. He would have a rank. Like, yeah, they just called that, it. Yes, but he would have to have something before that. What would be like? So, okay. I guess. Yeah, they just call not him captain, writer, not, and then they know. right. Yeah, all right. We could apparently take apart this entire movie all day, but we should probably end this sometime soon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But yeah, we could probably wrap this up because it's, it's it's at the forty-eight minute mark. Well, forty-five if we count if we cut off like the first three minutes from waiting for everyone to show up. Three minutes of dead air. Yeah, I know. What the. <laughs> what the hell, Joe? Focus up, man. No. Uh, that air. Otherwise, we'll throw you off the roof, man. But Wait. anyway, final thoughts. The railing, yeah. There's no railing on my roof? Man, damn it. Yeah, there's no railing, so go I ahead and try it. I will install railing um, to throw you off the roof. <laughs> so anyway, final thoughts. Yeah, anybody that uh, listens to the podcast to check out our Facebook page. Can install the railing to throw me over it? Facebook page, so, Twitter. Twitter. Uh, YouTube, or the yes. Instagram. We have the website, theheartofgeek.com. Yes, Facebook is the Heart of Geek. YouTube's the Heart of Geek. Um, Twitter's the at the Heart of Geek. But final thoughts on Space Mutiny. Um, I know we took apart and tore apart the movie and laughed about it. I still love this movie. It's perfectly cheese. This is, again, like we mentioned earlier, it's a great movie to watch with your friends and just make fun of. Uh, I don't hate this movie. I don't think you can hate this movie. There's there's nothing to no, hate. I mean, it's bad, pl- but there's plenty it's called Space Mutiny. What do you movie, expect? But also, at the there's, same time, you got to no- figure out that it's not totally bad just because it's actually amusing. I, you can Especially when you could make fun of it the whole time. Yeah. Well, just like with our first episode, you know, I didn't come into watching this to expect a lot and i got out of it what i expected so if that i mean but this movie wasn't picked because it's like this great science fiction film yeah i picked it because i've had a lot of laughs over the years watching this movie and i think it's something that you might as well find it digitally and that's why i like it just have some laughs yeah, it's on Amazon yeah. Prime for all those that have Amazon Prime, not to advertise Amazon yeah. Prime, but it's on there. But, for... but sure, uh, we'll advertise Amazon Prime if you want to throw some ad revenue our way. I didn't know that. Not yeah. this year. <laughs> oh, I'll, 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 I will not yeah. lie to you. I will sell out my heartbeat to any company that wants to sponsor me. 
Hey, um, get ready for some square space. <laughs> I will say buy this and that. Hair club for men. Shit. Yeah. Hey, get ready for some shit. Age your balls of clans or whatever. I will. I will definitely sell out my. I will definitely sell out for some ad revenue just because uh, I have a mortgage to pay. So any help I can get, I will definitely do. Um, I will tell oh, you yeah, the manscape. I will tell you play Shadow Clans or whatever hey, those games are called. I will totally do that. However, watch this movie. Watch it with friends, however you can. Um, if w- legally, of course, however you can, um, given the situation, you got to laugh at this movie, watch it with your family at your house, or if you have roommates, definitely use it as a bonding mechanism because it's worth it. I, I have no ill feelings to this movie. I love this movie because of M- MST3K, because of Rift Tracks, and just because it's just a bad uh, movie. Yeah, Who doesn't love a good bad movie? It's so, Stephen, so what's your final thoughts? It's kind of great. It's like, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's nothing, definitely worth man. checking out uh josh do you have some final no, thoughts no. <laughs> <laughs> and i think jeremy you kind of gave your final thoughts but you have really. you'd like to add um, aside from not expecting much Oh, this, <laughs> I love this movie. Get, this this movie is actually listed. <laughs> I've been keeping a tally. It's I love. Uh, I just I just wanted to share. I just wanted to share this one last thing. According to the uh, DVD box that I have, um, I I actually found this as a copy of the VHS. It's listed as one of IMDb.com's bottom 100 movies, and I didn't know that before today because <laughs> I never really paid attention to the box art I just printed. But because um, I replaced the one that it came with because it was it had no love for the movie, so it was just like some generic clip art. But um, definitely check out this movie. I want to thank you all for listening to uh, Sci-Fi Graveyard. I don't know what we're gonna do next because uh, this one I just planned ahead just because I love this movie so much I had to share it. Uh, maybe go with something a little bit easier <laughs> for everyone to watch and something a little bit easier to talk about that we've all grew up with. But anyway, thank you for listening. For Jeremy, Stephen, and Josh, this is Joseph. Thank you for listening to Sci-Fi Graveyard.